Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usedbookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Mike here alongside Johnny, special guest today, Tech in Sports here. So we're kind of going to dive deep into his reselling business. It's usually the other way around where he's giving us all business advice. But today, you know, me and Johnny are going to, you know, pick on tech a little bit and see what's inside of that brain of his when it comes to reselling. So uh, tech, just give a little bit of intro to yourself, you know, how you started and, you know, where you're at today when it comes to reselling. So I'm from South Florida. I've been reselling for 15 years. Um, I first started reselling when I needed a new cell phone. Mine broke at the time. It was a T-Mobile Sidekick. And I looked on eBay and they were too expensive for me at the time. They were around $70 to $90 on eBay. And I didn't have enough money at the time. I was a single dad. Uh, so things were pretty tight. I went on Craigslist and saw people were selling them for $35 on Craigslist. So I had the bright ideas. If I can get one for 35 sell it for 70 get another one for 35 sell that for 70 It makes my phone free. And that's what I did. I bought one on Craigslist and I sold it on eBay for the same day. I bought it for 35 sold it for 70 And in my mind at the time, I doubled my money. Forget all the fees. I bought it for 35 sold it for 70 I doubled up in the same day. And that's kind of when everything unlocked that. Um, and I didn't know the word at the time, but there was an arbitrage between Craigslist and eBay. And for a long time, I bought a lot of phones on Craigslist and flipped them on eBay. So like, that's where the tech part comes of my name, because I used to do a lot with cell phones, um, iPods, even broken cell phones, broken electronics, because back then, like we're talking about when the iPhone first started to come out. So like people would have a cracked screen and they wouldn't know what to do with their iPhone. So I would buy the cracked screen stuff for cheap on Craigslist, just run a seven day auction as is for parts on eBay and then collect what was in between. So that's where the tech part came from. And then um, I do remember a time where, again, you know, things were pretty tight. Uh, I started selling my own clothes that I had from high school. So at this point, I was about 23 to 25 years old sometime in there. So I still had some of my old clothes from high school. We we're talking six, seven, eight years. And I listed a Andre Reed Buffalo Bills champion jersey. And I listed it for $70 and it sold the same day. Just so happens he was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame that week. So like that kind of worked out. And um, my girlfriend, who is now my wife, she said that they have jerseys at Goodwill. So we went to Goodwill and I started buying jerseys. That was kind of like my introduction into clothes. And that's why the name is Tech and Sports, because I used to sell the phones and jerseys. And then once I started selling the jerseys and seeing that jerseys don't need directions on how to use them. They don't need unlimited customer support for the lifetime that you own the item. They don't break in transit. And if they don't fit, they could get returned and you could just sell it again. I so I slowly started to phase out the electronics and just became sports. And then I got into clothing. And then that's when I started doing all of the clothing. Once I saw, you know, it, it didn't have the the hassles or complications that electronics do. And I've been running with that ever since. So at the peak of the business, it was 53,000 items. 
We were listing 250 per day, selling 250 orders per day. So there was many multiple orders. Um, I had three people doing photos and listing, um, two people shipping, picking and packing. And I also have a brick and mortar store that sells clothes that are not as good for eBay. They're very cool shirts, like an all over print shirt or a cool skeleton shirt, which on a rack is very cool on eBay, hard to find in the search. Um, do a little bit of wholesale and things like that. But, you know, I, I was able to build a pretty good sized machine, um, you know, just finding stuff that, you know, maybe people discarded or didn't know as much about, took the time to get the education and learn, put them up on eBay, um, do the right thing, ship out fast, communicate, create quality listings. And, um, you know, eBay and reselling is a beautiful opportunity that helped you know, change my life and everybody's life around me. So I am forever grateful for, you know, what we are allowed to do. Did you, I'm um, curious, did you have like a, a job when you started like reselling? Like, was this just like kind of a side hustle gig for you? Like, did you get to a point where, I don't know if you had a job, like how did you decide to quit the job if you had one and just focus on reselling only? Sure. So I worked at CVS from five for five years from about 18 to 23 and from about 21 to 23, I was going to a vocational school for um, computer repair. And I got my A plus degree from um, CompTIA and N plus. And um, then I got a job at Circuit City. And you remember Circuit City had Fire Dog, which was their equivalent of Geek Squad. So I got a job at Circuit City to work on the computers behind the bench. And like two weeks after I got hired at Circuit City, they claimed bankruptcy. So once they claimed bankruptcy, we were no longer legally allowed to perform work on the computers. Something happened with the insurance. So we were told to call all the customers and have them come pick up the items. So I was doing a little bit of computer repair on the side and I stuck my business card in every single one of those computers and built my um, computer repair company out of that. But the biggest thing, the most important thing that happened with that is in South Florida, we have like these retirement communities and they're huge. Some of them have thousands of people in them. Like they're like dedicated 65 and over retirement communities. One of the people that I fixed their computer, they put our card in the clubhouse on the cork board. And I ran a huge business for the retirement community, fixing their computers, giving computer lessons. How do you send an email? How do you send this picture to your grandkids? And, um, I built a beautiful business out of that. And from there, during the liquidation process, uh, I had a friend named Conrad and he knew a little bit about eBay. I've never been on eBay before in my life, but they had all kinds of like trinkets during the liquidation progress process of Circuit City. And I remember they had a whole tote of remotes and these were brand new remotes, like current year remotes that I guess they couldn't match up with TVs or for whatever reason, they were selling this whole tote for like 20 bucks. And my friend Conrad was like, dude, these are big money. We could sell these on eBay. So he had an eBay account and we were both listing those on eBay and selling them. And these remotes were selling for like 80 bucks, 75 bucks, $100, like the big long, like the good ones. And it didn't click with me, but like, that's how I found out about eBay for, you know, a year later that oh, let me check on there for a T-Mobile Sidekick, a used one, because I remember the used remote. So like, if we had never sold those remotes, maybe I would have never even had jumped on eBay. But when I had the computer repair service, after I started doing the T-Mobile Sidekick thing and finding broken electronics on Craigslist, what we would do was, okay, 
you have a broken Sony Vaio, the LCD is broken. And at the time that was like a death kiss because an LCD would be like $900 just for the part. And the Vaio was like $700. So like it wasn't cost effective to actually fix the LCD. So what I would say is, okay, we could do a data migration on your computer from this one to that one, pull all of your photos, everything, put it onto the other computer. And this is way before cloud storage or anything. Everything was fixed on the hard drive. This is even really before thumb drive. So like we could do a data migration from this computer to your new computer. You now have a dead computer with no LCD. Your bill is $500. I'll give you $100 credit. I take your Sony Vaio. I run a seven-day auction. Now I sell your Sony Vaio for parts and I get three or $400. So we were doing that a lot. And then we branched into, okay, your computer has a virus. Fine. It's $100 to fix it with a $50 you know, diagnostic fee. I also see you have a broken iPhone. We can knock off 50 bucks. I just charge it 100. I would go home and sell the, the broken iPhone. So we started even asking customers, what do you have broken? Oh, I got broken computers. I have a drawer full of old phones. My kid's Game Boy doesn't work. My iPod is broken. And that's I, I ran a great business on just an as-is four-part broken electronics um, where I was giving a discount on the bill and then just bringing them home and, and running seven-day auctions. I uh, Before Johnny says something, I can confirm that CVS makes great resellers because I, too, worked at CVS. For my man. 10 CVS years of my life. CVS workers here. 10 years? I, uh, photo lab supervisor baby <laughs> that was my wife that's how i met her she uh, worked in the photo lab nice uh, i was a store manager and i i quit in 2018 i just left in the middle of my shift left my keys and just I, but i i did the same thing i built it up on the side correctly yeah i didn't just jump into it with nothing so yeah go ahead johnny i just wanted to plug uh no i was six. gonna say you two worked at cvs i'm the odd man out here we can open our own, uh, you know, CVS store. We got everybody. Well, I'll, it'll just be me as the manager. Not all the employees. Got, I got two, employees. We only do photo here. <laughs> I only got two photo texts. Man, and her. man uh, my, is... my hat is off to you to survive that place for 10 years, dude. And like customer service is brutal, but like sick, rude people are like a totally different breed. So like people are rude in general, but like sick, rude people, poof. It's my, uh, brutal. I lost my immune system when I quit that place, though. Oh, yeah. I was so used to being around sick people all the time. Now it's oh, like yeah. I get a little cold and I'm done for weeks. Uh, I, I think for me, like being around all the sick people and then digging through stuff at the flea market, I think I'm bulletproof. I never get sick anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's gone for me now. It's just I, it is crazy though to think about like you had so many like ways inside of that one business to make money, right? It wasn't just, oh, just the computer repair. It was like, okay, what else can I do while I'm there to make money? And that's so crucial. And a lot of people don't really think about that. It's just like, well, here's my one item that I have. I'm just going to sell this one item. I have no other angle besides this one item. You know, it's like the business mm -hmm. card. You said, I tell people all the time, get business cards. They're super cheap and you'll be amazed that one, one relationship can blow up your whole business overnight. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that, Thinking outside the box. And one of my favorite things and probably like what drives my entire existence is just pulling money out of thin air. Like there is nothing that makes me happier than like the the other day, like we were out on a morning walk with my wife and there was a, a garbage bag with a Cabbage Patch doll on the top. And I look at it and it was a, a legit one from the 80s. I turn it over. It was Xavier Roberts on the back. And I go, oh, wow, this is I look inside. There was like hundreds of pieces of Playmobil. I ran home, got the car, put it in the back of the car, sorted it all out. And she sold the Playmobil for a hundred dollars. 
the Cabbage Patch doll for $20, and then she had some slight uh, animal toys for $10. $130 in, in the trash. There is nothing better in the world than just pulling money out of thin air. And I think that there's opportunities everywhere. We just have to like think about what more we can do or what in addition we can do. Because like, like you said, showing up and doing the computer repair, that's like one avenue. Showing up, do the computer repair, and then teaching, that's another avenue. Doing that, doing that, and we'll give you credit on a bill for stuff that you don't use anymore. Like there's so many different ways to either upsell or, you know, get more money in addition for more services provided. And you could do that. And like Johnny's done with, with the reselling and the brick and mortar store, like there's so many opportunities and, and Johnny could host a book night or a, a, a game night or yeah. all these different things and just keep upselling and keep building on top. We're doing book layering. repairs now and I'm getting so much money out of book. Nice. Repairs. Um, nice. Like we have a couple customers, but they're paying us like, Two fifty five hundred dollars for a twenty minute repair job is ridiculous. It doesn't matter that that's what it takes. That's what it costs. That's the price. And yeah, just keep layering that stuff, and like, then you end up building beautiful businesses. And it's also good because, like, let's say books start slumping a little bit, but your repairs go up, and then yeah. it, 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 it's very safe for your business if you can have, you know, all of these different avenues layered on top. Yeah, we were talking with our other guest uh, yesterday about that, and I kind of hinted at it. I don't think I found all the ways to make money with the books yet. There's all yeah. kinds of different ways. I'm discovering more and more as I go along my journey here. Yeah, you can send all those Nora Roberts to the recycler and monetize them that way too. Exactly. Dan. Or I can make little crafting furniture pieces and have thrones of Nora Roberts. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I like your approach that you've re recently taken as like, uh, higher ASP items, right? So I, I kind of done the same thing in the past year where last year I was carrying an inventory of 4,000, but it was all low dollar junk, right? I'm making a dollar, $2. This year I'm carrying an inventory of only 1,000, but I'm making more money than I was last year. But the, the argument a lot of people have is that, well, you can't just go out and find better items, right? That's the argument, you know, we always hear, especially if I talk about, well, just stop buying, you know, the two, $3 stuff. Well, I can't find the better stuff. So like, what's your take on actually being able to go out and find like better products to sell that are going to make you more money? So now that I've like been traveling more and, you know, before that, I haven't really done a lot of stuff you know, for the last 15 or 20 years, I've kind of been combined here, building all of the businesses. And I knew what was here. And I knew here there was no way, shape or form. You cannot find quality items. So, you know, people start saying like, you know, in my in my area, it's hard to do. In my area, it's hard to do. Okay, fine. So, you know, I, I've started traveling around and stuff. And um, kind of the first place we went is kind of up near my mom. And my mom lives pretty rural. And my wife and I went to a flea market in a town with 2000 people. And I found $10,000 worth of stuff for like 400 bucks. So one was a Carhartt jacket it's going to sell for a couple hundred dollars. I found a few pieces of Ralph Lauren that would sell for, I think around 200 bucks. I paid $4 for, um, I knew all the right keywords. So I, I, I would know how to sell it for the correct price. And then also I found some baseball cards that were also very good, but take out the baseball cards. I still made a thousand bucks with like 20 bucks. So that's one. And then I went to a couple thrift stores, found stuff like there's stuff there. And then last week we went up to um, Orlando and um, my wife wanted to get uh, Disney annual passes because it's only like two hours away. And, and that's like two or three hours away. And that's like a quick trip for us. Like if we're not doing anything, 
we could just go up there and just do something. So I said, and it ended up being over 2000 bucks. Right. So I said, you know what, if we're going to spend this money, I got to be able to make it back. So I said, hit some thrift stores and let's see if I can make this money back in a couple of thrift stores. So my wife set up a thrift route three hours away. I didn't pick the stores. I've never been to the stores. I fell asleep on the way there, so I couldn't even tell you where they're at. And the first store pulled out $1,700 worth of profit. So in three stores, I think the grand total was 2,500 bucks. And then we went to a flea market the next day, and I think I pulled out $4,000 worth of profit. A flea market that I've never even been to. And, and this is not like, the flea market was small. It took us like 45 minutes to run through. So like, I am not convinced that this stuff is out, not out there. I am convinced that we are passing it up because whenever I do a deep dive in the group, people start magically finding that item. Whenever I do a deep dive on YouTube, people start magically finding that item. Someone just today po posted a reel of some Jeff Hamilton Converse that they found, and they said they would never know the brand if it wasn't for the video that I put out the other day. And these shoes, these are going to be huge money. And they, they would have passed on these. And they said they didn't know the brand until they saw the video. So like this stuff is out there. We just don't know. And the worst thing that you could do as a reseller is pass on profitable inventory. Right. Uh, Annika in the group, she was like on the verge of quitting. And I just gave her a quick tutorial about the higher end book. She came back two weeks later. Hey, I made $900. Look at that. It's funny how that works. And then when when I did the the reseller rescue video with Terry, we both went to the same garage. She pulled out six items. I pulled out 30 or 40 items and Terry sold 12, 12 of those items within three or four days for almost $700. And her cost was $21. Like that stuff she passed on, but I found it. I gave it to her. She listed it and she sold $700 worth of stuff in a handful of days. And, but the problem is once those items are gone, her business goes back to what it was yeah. a business. That's not selling items. If she can continue to get the education and keep selling those kind of items, why can't she sell $1,400 a week, $700 every three or four days like she did with those items? Like the stuff is out there. We're just passing it by, unfortunately. No, it's, that's absolutely correct. Like my book knowledge has expanded and it keeps expanding, right? Same for you and all the categories and clothing and stuff for you. It's just people go find the category items and most of it's junk. It's the gems they need to mine out, right? But they don't know what's a gem and what's junk. And I think people just... If I buy enough, I'll find it, right? It's kind of like a bulk model mentality. And bulk model definitely works. It's just how do you – I think most people get stuck at, well, I'm just going to buy it all and try to make just enough while I try to figure out what's worth it and what's not. And I think they should just reinvest their time in learning before they even go down that rabbit hole of getting stuck. 100%. And like you said, try to find the gems inside of the junk. The issue is, is there's a lot of gems in junk. Mm -hmm. So like Nike, very saturated. But if you get the Roger Federer or the Rafael Nadal or the Prefontaine stuff, it's great. Or Polo, very saturated. But if you get Blackwatch or, you know, you get the, the 1992 stuff, you know, the, the cross flag stuff, the Polo Bear, like that stuff sells fantastic. But like on face value, especially for clothing, on face value, most of these brands appear to be saturated unless you're getting the right stuff and you know the proper keywords that you can search when you see it in the field and then you can list it on eBay the proper way so that a customer can actually find it. So like in the example 
in the Terry video, like we're talking about uh, Ralph Lauren. And I think there's 840,000 items on, on eBay, which there's way more, but eBay limits the search to 840,000. But when you use proper keywords, the example that we used was there was 58 of, 58 of this Ralph Lauren item available with 128 sold. So 150% sell through if it's the right item with the right keyword. But you can even have the right item listed generically. And now you're with the 840,000 items because people can't even find it. So you have to find the right items and then list them correctly. And with the right keywords, and especially at the right price points, your the sell-through that you see on eBay doesn't have to apply to you. The knowledge that like it takes to properly list things in comparison, like to eBay, to Amazon, it's like Amazon is just it's you don't need it, you don't need to have a brain to have an Amazon business. You just have software in front of you, you scan it, but it's almost as if like because I'm going to the same stores, right? So how all of a sudden am I making more money and doing a quarter of the work? It just doesn't make sense to me, right? It's because I've learned different things, right? My knowledge base, uh, doing things that maybe other resellers don't do. I say all the time with uh, scanning media, nobody gets on the floor and scans the bottom shelf, dude. If you just scan mm -hmm. the bottom shelves at their stores, you'll be rich. Nobody wants to do it. And it's just like little things like that and understanding, like you said, it might be a junk book, right? Maybe it's uh, one example I ran into is, a Donald Trump book, worth nothing, right? You just throw it out. But if it's signed by Donald Trump, all of a sudden that's a $400, $500 book. And that was the case. But most people aren't going to grab that book off the shelf, open it up to see if there's a signature. I'm not saying every single book on the shelf, you're looking for autographs, but you got to have some kind of knowledge base of what's hot right now. You know, Jimmy, this past week, I sourced a lot of Jimmy Buffett CDs, right? Unfortunately, what happened with him, his stuff's hot right now. His CDs used to be $3 CDs. Now they're selling for 20 plus all day on Amazon. It's kind of like a, you always got to be learning in this business. And some people just get complacent with not trying to understand how, how the market changes because it changes every year, especially with clothing, trends, styles, brands. I mean, it's never ending. I, I agree. And like you said, complacent with just how stuff is going and also like complacent with not understanding that you actually have to learn and research your brands before you go out and buy stuff. Like I, I can't. So like if I went out and you said, okay, you have to buy pots and pans. I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm going to leave with nothing, but someone else is going to come by and go, Oh, this is, you know, like Crusade, this Griswold is good because they've already done the research. They have the experience. But if I went to the flea market and you said only can get pots and pans, I would make a bunch of bad buys and I would pass by a lot of profitable inventory because I never took the time to learn pots and pans. While if you did, you go up and you go, wow, this guy's a fool. I'm leaving with a whole carload full of great pots and pans. That's great because you've done the research and that's the same thing for every single niche. So I'm curious on, you do a lot of research on eBay. Have you ever found stores and you've been doing this for a while? That's a cool store. Yeah, the, the coolest stores that I ever find are the ones that snipe off of eBay. Nice. And you could tell they snipe because a lot of them like reuse your own photos, but they have all the right keywords. Like the coolest stores that I find on eBay are the ones that snipe. There's a lot of good polo stores. There's a lot of good Patagonia stores. and But they're cool because they took the time to become an expert and they have all the items and they have all the proper keywords. Very cool. I don't know, man. It's like... So what you're telling me here is that me and you have the same dope polo shirt, right? And yeah. I just list mine as a polo t-shirt, but you know exactly that this polo shirt was in this movie or something. Like you're just telling me you're going to get 
10, maybe 50x what I'm going to get for mine, just because of the knowledge you have. You're not even saying you're getting better items. You're saying you understand the platform better and, you know, the actual worth of an item. Yeah, there is there's a polo item that was worn by a big boy from Outcast in the movie ATL. That if you know which one it is, you can go on eBay and you could probably buy that once a week and you can make a couple hundred dollars just on that item. And it, it doesn't have to be, you know, movie this movie. It's just keywords like there's a very similar one that has a geometric pattern that people probably list for thirty dollars that if you find the right buyer looking for it, you could probably sell that for a couple hundred dollars like there's all of these things, these nuances, price point, all of that stuff matters when it comes to listing your item. And first and foremost is like listing it in a proper manner where like people can actually find it. There's been times where, you know, someone has put their listing up and we try to find the listing on eBay and we can't even find the listing because it's not good. So like, it's one thing to say, okay, I'm trying to look for that shirt that you're wearing, the boogeyman shirt, like, okay, I'm trying to look for that as a customer on eBay, and then I can find that shirt. But like, going on eBay and trying to find your actual listing, and not being able to, that's scary, man. And people mistype their titles, they get the title wrong, they add an extra L or an extra I and knowing how to take advantage of that. There's times where people misspell the authors in books and I well, I buy their book because they screwed up. Or wrong item specifics. That's the killer. Yeah. Yeah. The uh the Michael Myers, right? It's M-Y-E-R-S, but people spell it M-E-Y-E-R-S. And you'd be amazed at some of the stuff you can actually find over there that's valuable. But it's like one of those things where you have to just think, like, take it to a next level, right? You have your business, you have this mentality of, okay, this is what I'm doing. But just if you just think a little step further, like how could this be something more than what it is today? you would be amazed at the possibilities. I say all the time, there's still so much creativity to be had in the reselling world instead of just, well, I'm going to go sell books like Mike, or I'm going to go sell clothes like tech. Like it, you got you to gotta start thinking outside the box a little bit. And we're so cookie cutter. Like, I'm just going to do what this person does. And that really doesn't work. Absolutely, man. Like there, there is so much innovation to be had in the reseller space. And, you know, there, there's a lot of like, rehashing ideas and but it, it's the same ideas but there's there's so many opportunities and you know someone messaged me the other day and they like do you think reselling is going to go downhill from here and it's absolutely not because somebody eventually is going to build a multi-million dollar business selling vr but no one is reselling vr so like that opportunity is not here today so there's going to be so many new products that people can build great businesses on and Every single day, more and more and more shoppers come to shop online rather than physical. So like reselling is not going anywhere and it doesn't matter, you know, AI this or whatever. It doesn't matter. There's going to be so many opportunities for us as individuals that can be swift and move fast and kind of be the first one to do it. And there's a lot of opportunity to make a lot of money, but it's not just going to come to you. You have to work for it. You have to put effort towards it. You have to do your research. You have to be consistent with everything. It's the same stuff that we always talk about, but like, it's just not going to fall into your lap and be given to you. Like reselling is, is, is an active contact sport. It's active. It's not, let me just sit back and wait. That's you, you maybe could have done that 10 years ago on eBay, list it, forget it, sit back and wait for it to sell. You, I don't think you could do that anymore. So I have a two-part question for you. 
What is the one piece of advice you give people and the ones that listen make a lot of money and the reverse? What's the one piece of advice you give people and they don't listen and either they go out of business and you never hear from again because they did not listen? Probably the same piece of advice. So I don't know if you know LC in the group, but he sell, he sells shoes. Um, he was in my original group four years ago. His first year, he did 91,000 listing five shoes a day. He went up to 10, 10 shoes a day. He did whatever, 180. He went up to 15 shoes a day. Um, this year, he's going to do 300. Um, next year, he's going to go up to, to 20 shoes a day. And he's going to go over 400. I don't know if I said three, but he went five, 10, 15, and then he's going to go 20. So what he did, he listed five, made good money. He doubled exactly what he was doing. He didn't go out and do some cockamamie scheme or some some stuff. What He just doubled what he was doing. And then from that, he just added five more. He just kept doing the same thing over and over again for years. He didn't get crazy. He, he didn't get special. He didn't do something that's working and then woke up today and do something else. If it's working, just keep doing that. And he grew slow. He's never had any issues with cash flow. His bank account is probably crazy fat, but it's the same thing that I did. I listed 20 for years. And then I listed 40 for years. I've listed 80, 100, 120, 250. But it was the same business, just modular. 20, let me add on 20 more. Let me add on 20 more. Let me add on 20 more. And by growing slow and having enough profit in your items, like the example, $8 into 30. Rough, rough math because, you know, $8 and 25 into 3116, like that doesn't have the same ring. So eight into 30, you, you sell one item, you get your, your, you get your initial profit back that you could go out and buy another item. You have $16 to play with after fees, and you could go out and buy two more items if you wish, or you can go out and buy an additional and keep $8 for yourself. So you get your additional money back, you get an additional chance, you keep the remainder eBay does not have to be a non-profitable business, a I'm in grow mode, so it's okay, I'm not making money. It doesn't have to be like that because our margins are 800%. How the hell are we strapped for cash when our margins are 800%, 1,000%? How many people have bought stuff for $2 and sold it for 100? Raise your hand. Like everyone has done that. If you have cash flow issues reselling, you have humongous problems. This is not CVS where, where, where they're making 2% on the front end. We have 800% margins and we can't figure this out because why? We're overspending. We're oversourcing. We're buying stuff and not listing it. We're buying stuff, listing it, and it's crap and it's not selling. If you have cash flow problems in this business, you are making a series of monumental mistakes because the margins are unlike any other business in the entire world. So do the same thing every single day if it's working. Be patient. Let eBay grow your business. Stop overbuying. Those are the most important things for people to do. I think yeah. uh, uh, on top of that, it's like, I used before this year, I never really I kind of was the guy that would just be like, oh, I'm going to go to the thrift store today. Like I didn't have a set schedule. I've since I do now have a schedule and I say it all the time, like 
I think you need some kind of structured schedule to to see real results and be successful because I think that kind of gives you okay like yesterday's my day where I pack my Amazon boxes so I know Saturdays no other days of the week I'm not worried about it I'm more focused on the task at hand and I think a lot of people can't just sit down and just focus on what's in front of them and say okay today I do this tomorrow I do that and I think that's why a lot of people just get overwhelmed and another thing with that is like a death pile but we're still shopping right like why why are we still shopping if we have a hundred items we already paid for that aren't making us money that are sitting there but people refuse to touch that thing but they'll add to it right and they'll still go out the week after i think it's it's so backwards the mentality around how you should actually be doing your business and getting all, everything that needs to get done from the second you buy it anybody can go out and buy something that's quote unquote worth money well it ain't worth money until you sell it and a lot of people don't understand that a hundred percent. And like you said, like a lot of people like can't sit down and do this or do that. But like if those people came to your business yesterday, they would have packed 10 boxes to send to Amazon for you. They would have done that for you, but they can't do that for themselves at home. So like if you struggle to list, if you worked for Tech and Sports Incorporated, you would be listing from eight to four and you would be getting your listings up. So why can you come to my operation and list and do my work, but you can't sit home at your house and do your own work? Why can't you go to CVS and work every single day, but you can't come home and, and do your own work? 100%. So you were under the radar for so long, and then you started coming online in podcast form um, to give knowledge and learn from others and network, et cetera. What, was, what made you do that call? Because you could have stayed in your lane. No one would know who you are. So... I was kind of like a lone wolf for a very long time. And the reason why I was doing 120 a day by myself is because I thought everyone else was doing 100 a day. So like I was in such a bubble where like I was like, okay, everyone's doing 100 a day. I got to do 120 a day. And it wasn't until like I started talking to other people in the reseller community where like that wasn't the case. Like no one else was listing 100 a day. So like um, and then like, you know, a lot of people started discovering my store because my store started getting discovered on YouTube. So like a lot of people started messaging me this and that. And, um, you know, um, once people started messaging me, like all of these questions and, you know, just, just like very basic things that they were having trouble with, like, you know, like, like I said, in the very opening, eBay has provided like such a humongous opportunity. It's helped me start other businesses. It's helped me get into real estate. And I never went to college. I had a kid when I was 18 years old. He's 20 now. I raised him by myself and I was able to build like a beautiful life. And just like out of the thousands and thousands of people that listen to the podcast and like the thousands of people that are in the group, it's like if one person, if I could just help one person like get to the same opportunity or reach the same opportunities that were available through through reselling, then that's mission accomplished because there are a lot of people who like don't listen and that's fine. Every single time, I just want one person to like get a spark and just make their business better and in turn, which will make their life better. Now, you don't have to do it to the tune of, you know, consumes your entire life 20 hours a day. You don't have to do that. You don't have to list hundreds of items. You don't have to have items that are tens of thousands. If you just want to save up money for a vacation and use reselling as an opportunity to do so, I'm thrilled with that. If, if you want to do it for side income, if you want to transition into full-time, there's been people that have retired their spouses. I'm all for that. It, it, it makes me 
over the moon. If whatever goal you set, large or small, you crush, I'm thrilled with it. And like, we've all grown up. We've all done silly stuff in the past. I've done a lot of silly stuff in the past. And I think that like having the opportunity to like help people kind of like my own personal redemption arc, because like we've all done silly stuff. So like on the karma loop, I have to like help a lot of people because I've done a lot of silly stuff in my day. And I think that, you know, just, just help. And like, I answer DMS constantly. I respond to every single comment that ever has been left on YouTube for as long as I'm humanly able possible to do it. But like, you know, just if, if you help people, like good stuff has to come to you and like all the connections, like I've met you guys, I, I've met thousands of people. And like, you know, if, if I was, if the day ever came when I was ever in a jam, I would like to think I have so much good karma that someone will be willing to give me a hand and help me out. So if my car was broke down in the middle of Texas and I saw the road runner pass me by, I think I could call Johnny B and he would come help me out. And he oh, would yeah, come pick I, me I, up. I toss the employee the keys. You lock up now. I gotta go pick up a man. So like, you know, just like all of that stuff, like putting out like the good energy and stuff like that. And, I'm not a hippie by by no stretch of the imagination, but like, you know, it's it's. Just, I'm getting older. Um, even though like I'm only 39, like my son already left. Like I'm, I'm an empty nester. Like I'm I'm 20 years in the future, and like, it's just you know, it's just, it's just time to, you know, hopefully try to help a couple people, and you know, on my way out. Cause you never know, you can get hit by a bus tomorrow. So, you know, just, I, I just want to do good things and just help people. And I, I, I like to do it and, you know, it ke keeps me active. I don't know. I just enjoy, I just enjoy talking to people about reselling. If you want to talk about other stuff, like I enjoy talking baseball. I enjoy talking this and I enjoy talking trees, but like, I really enjoy talking about reselling. So, cause I, I feel like it's, it's such a unique vehicle that requires no college and no experience and no money is uh i'm curious is your son interested in reselling since he's kind of you know been raised you know in the in, in the reselling family like is does he have any interest in doing his own kind of reselling or is he just like dad you're crazy um a little bit of both um probably more crazy than than that so for him um, he's worked every single aspect of all of the businesses. So like in the summertime, he was out cutting down trees. Um, one summer he did work on the eBay business, but like when he was like 10 or 11, I would have him photograph 10 pieces of clothes. I would have him, you know, make 10 mock listings that I would just delete because they were horrible. Just have him like go through the process of doing it. I would have him help me ship, help me put away stuff. So like he's done every single aspect of the reselling business as well as the other businesses. Um, but he's also seen how hard I've worked and how much um, it's consumed me. And sure, dad, let me sign up and volunteer to have this all consuming business. So like that part, no, thank you. But now he's away at college. He has a little eBay store where he sells hats. So like he has also learned that I can go get hats for a dollar or two and I can sell them for 15 or 20 bucks. So he has an eBay store, a couple hundred items. He knows how to do it every now and then he'll ask me a question, which is fine. Um, but I don't think he'll do it full time. And I, I've never pushed him to do anything like that because like, 
what if the kid grows up and cures cancer and I'm here relegating him to be an eBay seller? You know what I mean? So like whatever he wants to do, and he's a very smart guy, he's going to school for architecture. So like whatever he wants to do is fine. I, I just always taught and instilled in him to be a positive, productive citizen. That's all I wanted him to do. And I always told him that. I was like, dude, I don't care what you do. You just have to be a pro positive, productive citizen. That's it. You can't go negative. You can't can't be all messed up. As long as you're doing positive things, you're productive and you are a productive member of society, I'm happy. So if maybe one day he decides to do it, great. If not, that's great too. You know, selling old stuff on eBay allowed us to move into the house we're in now and allowed him to go to a very nice school versus the alternatives. And that in change allowed him the opportunity to go to college. And he's the first one that I know that actually went to college. So you know, I'm proud of him. He's a good guy, but it's very hard for a teenager to see his dad really busting it 20 hours a day and go, oh, yeah, I want to do that, too. Very much so. So not necessarily something that you just like making money at, but are there items that you've listed in the past that you no longer list that you really enjoyed listing, but for whatever reason... Uh, you say, like, for me, I enjoy listing the books, but not every book's a winner, right? That's fun. Items that I used to list that I enjoyed listing. So I, I've i listed in a lot of categories. I used to sell right. a lot of toys, a lot of electronics. I, I sold a lot of video games. I dabbled in books on Amazon FBA. Um, and I know, like, all the flea market bolos. Like, what do you I, enjoy to list? What's what's fun for you to list? Man. Not necessarily that it makes money, just fun. Oh, I, I, I have the answer, but I don't particularly enjoy listing. That might be a surprise to everybody. Uh, I, I do not enjoy listing, um, but I will tell you this. My favorite thing to buy, my favorite thing to list, my favorite thing to sell is a buy cost of $5 or less. Super Smash Brothers for GameCube. Oh. That is the best item to sell. One <laughs> picture, and that baby sells in 30 seconds. I love it. Love it. I yeah. do think, like, because uh, I was thinking about this. I posted a poll on YouTube yesterday asking, like, do you think somebody out there has a reselling business that only sells, like, Taylor Swift items? Like, Probably. you can have a whole business based off of one specific character or, like, product line. And we all we all get so attracted to just selling anything and everything we can. But if you just focus down and you own that niche, like, you're going to get more money for everything. And we're just, I don't know, it's just another one of those things that's just, like, there's still so much opportunity. Like, I wish I could just sell, like, horror trade paperbacks i just can't find them in my area i've been this close to just doing just that several times because they sell so quick they're fun it's just getting them in enough abundance is the is the kicker because even at bookstores the horror section is like a shelf on a shelf it's so small <laughs> um you said you sold a little bit on amazon fba with books i need to hear the story just for my own sanity here i'm curious about it so once upon a time i was pretty big time on amazon um, I was the first one to figure out that you could go to Disney World, buy Disney Park exclusive items, list them on Amazon, and make a tremendous amount of money. And this was at the time where Disney acquired the rights for Star Wars, and everything fell in place perfectly. And every Star Wars fan has to have every Star Wars figure. And if it's Disney Park exclusive, 
It means if you live in Kalamazoo, you have to go to the Disney park to get that figure. There's no other way for you to get it. So we would go to Disney and pay full retail, full retail. And there was still enough margin to send all of that stuff in to Amazon and make a killing. And I really, really, really made a killing. And this is crazy. I made a killing when Disney Star Wars started putting out Legos because they sold those at Disney World, too. And I used to buy as, and they didn't have all the limitations like they do now. You could buy 10, 20. They didn't care. And Lego, Lego was, was gated on Amazon, but Lego Star Wars was not. And I, I was sending in 50 Lego Star Wars and they were selling immediately. And every single thing like Disney Park exclusive, full retail purchase, send it into Amazon, especially in Q4, it would sell immediately. And, you know, once we started getting that going, I was still going to the flea market, you know, doing my thing over there and I would pick up the puzzles. I, I never sold anything pre-owned on Amazon. It would always have to be brand new. Um, picked up a couple books. I think uh, the, the only kind of books I remember picking up were cookbooks. And I remember picking up, I don't know how, but this guy who bought storage units, he had like cases of this art book, some sort of like Latin American artist. And I, I sent in like, I don't know, maybe three or four cases of those. And those did very well, like selling for a few hundred bucks. And I, I think I bought every case for like $10 each. So like um, I was just scanning away on Amazon and it was just whatever has the margin, whatever looks like it has the sell through, I'm picking up, sending it in. And I kind of looked at Amazon as um, just a two week paycheck because you could kind of really gauge how fast this stuff was going to sell. Um, I did extremely well with Barbies once upon a time. I found this huge Barbie deal um, from a guy at the flea market, sent those in. It was like the uh, like designer Barbie. So like there was a certain time frame where like Louis Vuitton put out a Barbie or like Gucci put out a Barbie or all these high end brands were putting out like Barbies that were licensed with their brands. They were made of porcelain and stuff. Dude, those Barbies were selling for like a thousand dollars each. And I had like probably two pallets of crazy Barbies once upon a time. So, um, but then, you know, as Amazon goes, um, I, out of everything that I sent in there, stuff from the flea market, Ravenberg puzzle, all, all that kind of stuff. I bought a Settlers of Catan myself from Target, sent it in. They claimed it as counterfeit and I lost my account. Out of all the crazy stuff I ever sent in with no receipts, no purchase from the flea market, I purchased a Settlers of Catan. And you know why I got it? Because Pie Face was a bolo that year. You oh. remember Pie Face? Yeah. I was going to Targets and cleaning out Pie Faces, and I saw Settlers of Catan was doing well. I sent in a couple Settlers of Catan that I bought from Target. I sent in my receipt for proof. They didn't accept it. And I lost my Amazon account for that. With no previous infractions, nothing. Settlers of Catan jammed me up and got me. And <laughs> I had to recall all of my stuff. And like, you know, I had a few thousand pieces. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to list them on eBay. That stuff don't sell on eBay. <laughs> like there's stuff that sells thousands of times a day on Amazon that don't sell on eBay. I'm just and amazed at the crap I send to Amazon. This will <sighs> never sell on eBay. Never. never. A million years, like, but sells all day on Amazon. Yeah, like, we'll never in a million... And there there was, like, silly stuff, like laptop locks. 
those sell hundreds of times a day on Amazon. I listed those on eBay. Like I had those for years and they, they wouldn't even sell one time. So like when, when I got jammed up on a, an actual settlers of Catan that I purchased myself, I was like, I cannot run that risk of having like a lot of money in Amazon inventory and have this happen again. So that was kind of like the ending of my Amazon career, but it served its purpose. I did very well over there. Um, but you know, Amazon, Amazon's not like eBay. eBay will tell you six months in advance, Hey, we're going to make this change. Amazon, you might wake up in the morning and your whole entire business is now different. Hey, you can only send in this amount of SKUs. You got this amount of space. We've raised the price on this. So like that is still a little bit too risky for my risk tolerance. But um, but yeah, out of everything that I've sent in, Settlers of Catan that I bought myself from Target got me. I think you should have like that sealed like in your background up on the wall, right? Like this is what got me. It is funny though, like the Disney parks thing, because I'm doing the same thing currently. I live right by Hershey where they make all the Hershey mm. chocolate. And they have stuff there you can't get nowhere else. So I'd be right. lying right now. I got that stuff listed on Amazon and it sells every day. So a lot of it is like understanding where you're at and, you know, yeah. what advantages do you have being by Disney? What advantage do I have by being by, you know, Hershey? So it is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. And then when, when I was doing the Disney Park exclusive, these other stores started popping up who lived much closer to Disney. And I think there's a couple huge stores that only sell Disney Park exclusive and they probably crush it because I know I was crushing back then. But, you know, everything kind of serves its purpose and everything kind of, you know, happens for a reason. And, you know, it, it's great because probably if I didn't buy that Settlers of Catan, maybe I would have went much deeper. And, you know, I, I think I probably a lot of Amazon people listen to this. I think that ultimately is the fate for every single Amazon seller is that you will eventually get jammed up for something that you probably didn't even do anything wrong right now what's funny is um i took your advice that you gave me a while back as my employee runs my amazon business more or less not me um i spent months teaching her ebay uh, basically everything i learned in refinement it took me two hours to teach her how to do amazon <laughs> right <laughs> two whole hours and then months with the ebay teaching um that i think that's the fundamental difference between ebay and amazon honestly it's pretty little thinking just understanding a couple graphs yeah. and knowing how to print the label that's about it that's it and yeah. I, i'll tell you the best thing about johnny so on the tuesday call i'll be wrapping on there for four or five six hours people ask me questions i answer they want to debate i tell them the same answer they want to debate i tell them the same answer they want to debate and then they tap out I'll do that for hours and hours and hours. If it's not the answer they're looking for, they'll rephrase the question in hopes that I'll give them the answer that I'm looking for. Johnny will ask this question. I'll give the answer and Johnny will go, okay, I'll go do that. And that's it. And Johnny just goes and does it. It's funny how that works. And every time I do that, it just works. Uh, why, why argue with the person who knows the answer? I don't understand it sometimes. Yeah. But, but I tell I you all the do? time how patient you are. I couldn't do that. I could not. Why aren't they listening? It would drive me insane. Oh, it, it's great because every single time I log on, it's me versus 200. 
I know. It's me versus 150. Every single time I log on, it's me versus everybody else. And I'd be lying if I don't join sometimes. I'm saying, I don't know if they're going to break him this week. I would lose my shit. (laughs) Never. They will never break me, man. It's one versus 200 every single time I step on there. And when no one has any more questions, I log off. That's victory for the week. I won. Uh, I've like, never been to one of these. He'll sit there for 12 hours and they'll ask him the same question or be the same person rephrasing the question yeah. for weeks, for weeks, for I months. Mean, it, tech is <laughs> tech is stern in the way he addresses things and he has a clear cut answer for everything. It's not like if we ask him something today and we ask him next week, you're going to get a different answer. Same. Right. So it's like he he's got it laid out. And I mean, I'm, I I got the worst one of the worst eBay stores out there, but. I listen for the business sense, the the processes, the yeah. things, you know, because yeah. eBay, eBay doesn't do nothing for me currently, but there's still a lot to be learned. And I think a lot of it is people have to understand the business sense of having a business. And a lot of resellers, I say that's like, oh, I resell. Like, you don't treat it like a business. You just fiddle faddle around when you're in a thrift mm-hmm. store and you sell a thing here or there. Even if you're part time, you got to treat it like an actual business, because if you don't, then you ain't got a business. You're just screwing around. No, you, you have a hobby that the IRS calls a business. <laughs> That's a little different. But the reason why my um the reason why my my answers never change is because my answers are in accordance to what my rules are for my business. And my rules will never change. So I have these rules of when I list, how I list, what I list, when I ship, how I ship, what I ship. I have rules for everything, sourcing, photography, listing, shipping, storage customer service, eBay backend. I have all of my rules and I answer the questions in accordance to my rules. That's why the, the answers never change and will never change. And if you listen to the very first podcast in 2017, it's the same exact thing that I said today. All you have to do is listen to that and just log out. That's it. Listen to 2017, do that and you'll be set. Consistency. I think that's like the biggest thing with reselling people cannot be consistent with tasks within their business and that goes for any kind of i think it kind of reverts a little bit to like how you do things outside your business as well like if you're usually consistent doing your reselling you're going to be consistent with other things in your life and i know it's a big thing to get over to to list every day uh, or do certain things every day and at a level that makes sense right we're not going one day half-ass on something and the next day we're going to do it real well right that doesn't make sense and i think a lot of things with ebay get called up with well i'm listing all my items nothing selling and there's so many other things that go into just you know besides your listing is your listing good is your listing crappy you know are you promoting there's so many things so uh we're going to get close here to wrapping up i want to jump into your your youtube world here a little bit uh you recently you know just launched your youtube channel Many, 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 many subscribers, awesome content. Like, what does the future of your YouTube channel look like? And uh, I enjoy, I, I enjoy all your content so far. I like the uh, the Raghouse one. Somebody had, the guy you were talking to, I forget his name. He had a cutout of Michael Myers, a cardboard yeah. cutout. And I was like, dude, I need that thing. Uh, so yeah. what's the future of your YouTube look like? Um, I think just trying to do cool stuff, trying to meet cool people. And, you know, just continue to try to help as many people as possible. And I think I figured out like the two things that I want to get across in every single video. Number one is I want to trick people into getting an education. Like that's the best thing in the world. So like I'll do a video, but like you really learn something at the end. So like I did the video about like Travis Kelsey selling him an expensive sweater, but then I tricked everybody. Oh, you're here to learn about Nike and Jordan this week or, you know, 
I went to the rag house, but I tricked everybody. You're here to learn about vintage this week. So I, I'm, I want to find different ways of like tricking people into an education. And I also want to show that everybody can do this. And when I went to the flea market last weekend and found $4,000 worth of stuff in a very small flea market, I want to prove everywhere, town of 2,000 people, find $10,000 worth of stuff. Anybody could do this. Anybody. Like, there's no secrets. I'm not a superhero. I'm not special. It's just took the time to learn, wake up and get out there, and then process your stuff when you go home. That's it. Anybody can do this. So I, I just want to, I want to trick all you guys. And I just want to prove that anybody could do this anywhere that you are. I mean, look at Johnny. There's no shortage of books. And he says he lives in the middle of nowhere. Like there, anybody could do this. Brad, the biggest video game reseller on Amazon, he doesn't even have a stoplight in his city. Like anybody could do this. Absolutely. And last question I personally have for you, and then I'll let Mike have his way with you. Since we have a large Amazon audience, what is the one piece of advice you could give to Amazon resellers? It's been a while since I've been in the I Amazon know. game, but um, I, I think what Mike said is very important, and I used to do the same thing. I would shop all week, and I would pack my boxes on Saturday and Sunday and get them out Monday. I think having that schedule of actually packing the boxes and having a dedicated day of packing, that really helped me tremendously. So I would shop all week. I would go to the flea market Saturday. I would go to the flea market Sunday. And immediately when I got home on Sunday, that's when I would pack my entire shipment and I would send them out on Mondays. And I think that having that dedicated time every single week that no matter what, you're packing your shipments is the way to go or every single day, however big or large you are. But that every Sunday I'm packing, that was um, crucial to the business. I got I got one last one before we uh, wrap this up here. The an, an exit plan when it comes to reselling. We know you have multiple different businesses behind the scenes, and personally, I have uh, I invest in retirement funds. Uh, do you strongly believe that resellers should be looking past reselling? Like I, I think to myself, right? I can't, especially being on the third floor. I'm not going to be able to lift 50 pound boxes when I get 60, 70 years old. So like. I got to have a plan to get out of this or some kind of future. And I think a lot of resellers just live for that flip today. And they're not thinking maybe five, 10, 15 years down the road. Like what's your take on having other income streams besides reselling or investing in your own long-term future? I believe I'm a big saver, huge saver. Like I might spend like maybe $6 today as a human being. And that's probably like a turkey sandwich and like, so like I I am a big saver, um I do because there there's no four hundred one k for an eBay eBay seller, so like if you have to go out and get that um I I believe a thousand percent into that, although like every avenue is different for different people. So like I don't have the IRA and stuff like that. I have real estate, so for me. If I needed to sell something and liquidate, I could do it. If I needed to refinance, I could do it. So like that, that's been my method. But although that requires much more work, it requires much more effort, requires much more time. Um, so I, I think everybody needs to find some kind of avenue where, and this is 
I don't know if it's like the retire early or whatever. It's just you have to be able to save up some kind of money where you're able to live off the interest or live off of the investment, no matter how you get there. So, you know, you need to calculate like how much money do I spend per year? How much money do I need in retirement? And it's hard to do that calculation the further out you are. But, you know, if you need $50,000 a year to supplement your Social Security, then you got to figure out a way how to get to that dollar amount which is going to kick off that kind of, you know, passive income, passive, because everything requires attention, everything requires effort. So like, if it's a piece of real estate that you could save up enough money for the down payment, that's going to give you $50 after all of your expense or 50,000 after all of your expenses, then that's your vehicle of choice. If it's save up X amount of dollars in, into a Vanguard or into some sort of investment account, that's going to give you $50,000 that can supplement your social security or supplement your other retirement or whatever you have going on. I think everyone needs to kind of find that magic number as a reseller. And that should be your target because like you said, being 60 and lugging Amazon boxes or 60 is 30 years away, there might not be no Amazon FBA. Amazon might start contacting Pepsi. They might start contacting Hershey. They might start contacting these brands because Amazon is a data company at the end of the day. They, They don't care about resellers. Just like, eBay is also a data company, but the the difference between eBay and Amazon is eBay is not competing with you on your own listing. So Amazon sees all these listings and goes, okay, Hershey's chocolate sells great. Let's contact Hershey. Let's order directly from them at such a volume where nobody else can compete. Let's lock this category or this item. And now all the resellers are gone. Eventually, Amazon will have contracts with everybody. And there may not be an FBA, especially for new items. Pre-owned books, Johnny, you're probably safe. But if you want to do a widget or you want to do some sort of replenishable, eventually Amazon is just going to reach out to all these companies. They're going to have the exclusive and they're going to sell the item. So and eBay, eBay could be gone tomorrow or you could be gone off eBay tomorrow. Like this stuff is not forever. So you need to get it kind of like a looter in a riot. Like now's your time. Now is your opportunity. Get everything that you can do it the right way for as long as possible. Find that target where you need to be invest your money into that to get to that target and kind of live off of the interest or the profit of that investment. And hopefully you have enough there or something else that can supplement it or, or something. But, but I think that you need to find out what number you need to get to, to invest, to be able to get kind of that kickback or that dividend or, or whatever, in order to, you know, live your life down the line, because for us guys our age, like Social Security is probably not going to be there. Nope. So like we can't depend on that. Like we're paying into it, but like we can't depend on that. So if if you think, hey, and you also have to remember, fifty thousand today ain't going to be fifty thousand in thirty years neither. So you probably need a hundred and twenty thousand a year just to live at the fifty thousand dollar level when the time comes. So how do I get a hundred and twenty thousand a year in like dividends or residual or income? that's a pretty damn high number you got to reach for. So you got to get after it. And we were just talking about Mike's thing about uh, lugging books at 60 years old. Just on our media call, 50 plus year old woman's doing the same work I'm doing in my thirties. Like no way. Hard man. It's hard life. It's hard, man. And, And amen to the people that are still getting after it and still doing it. And, you know, ultimately that's probably, what we're all looking at so you know you just got to do your best on a day in day out and hopefully 
you know, when, when you're in that position, maybe you have options, you know, having options is a beautiful thing. So I think that resellers should think about having options. That's, that's probably very important and something that people should start thinking about. All right, Tech, we appreciate you hanging out with us today. And uh, I do agree 100% with Tech said. The Grim Reaper gets up every morning for Amazon sellers. And you better hope your door is not the one being knocked on. And that's just to what we kind of just said here. You got to have other options out there in the business. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us, man. And we appreciate you sharing all your knowledge as always. Looking forward to the YouTube channel and all the fun different videos you have coming up. So, yeah, we appreciate you. I appreciate you guys for having me. I apologize for Johnny. Johnny's asked a couple times over the past few months but i had to get some ducks in a row and now now you see i had to launch the channel first before i came onto the podcast otherwise it would be audio only and like you know people don't want to listen to that so you know i had to get my ducks in a row told johnny i would do it and we're here so i apologize guys but um it was very fun chat and if you guys ever want to talk again just let me know and i'll be over here i love talking about selling so that's Ooh. the magic word so thank you johnny thank you mike for having me it's been absolute pleasure We'll talk to everybody in next week's episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.